0: I can't believe I just now noticed this, but I just now realized that uh, you are not James Goldwater.
1: I am not James Goldwater, but uh, I I, I think me and him share very similar views in a lot of ways. So I think I will be a decent fill-in for James Goldwater. And plus, he's he's got a cool, cooler last name than I do, so I can't.
0: That is true. Goldwater, I mean, like, I mean, Goldwater is like the synonym for scotch. But My hey, opinion. I'm drinking
1: uh, I'm drinking enough for him right now,
0: so we're good to go. Okay, this is the thing, is you guys may have a lot in common, but I think you outrank him in terms of bourbon collection, so I'll give you that much.
1: I, I might. I don't know what he's got going. I know he's a cool guy, so I assume Guaranteed he's got a you,
0: great bourbon collection. The thing is, I just think he has too much wine instead of bourbon. Oh, so, you can't do that. That's why. Hey, I, I'm with you, man. I thought this was a bourbon podcast. I'm about to leave. Well, no, no, just stay for just a little while longer, man. All on. right, all right. It's called drunkenomics. <laughs> it's not bourbonomics.
1: It's it's drunken.
0: Did you know that over five trillion dollars exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over two hundred and twenty billion dollars an hour. Now, how does this much money move every single day, and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, put yourself a stiff one. And have a drink with us To the comedy that is the global economy Alright everybody and welcome back to yet another episode of Economics. This is the drinking podcast with an economics problem I, because, am your only host this week Because James is traveling and on a plane or whatever he's doing I guess I'm your more gracious host because I'm your only host And I'm joined alongside my near and dear friend Luke Lloyd, what's up, man? What's thank up, you so buddy? much. I, I love Dude, that thank
1: introduction, you. <laughs> by the way. I love how it's a, <laughs> oh, a drinking podcast with an e- uh, you know, economics problem. I love that yeah. reference. For yeah, it's not, it's, not of, it's,
0: it's not the other way around. It's not the economics
1: It's not the other way around, but we do have a lot of economic problems right now. So yeah, it fits exactly. in right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, do we have a drinking problem? Absolutely never. not. So there, uh, no, never. Exactly. Actually, matter of fact, I'm very good at drinking. So I don't have a problem drinking. It's, ne- it's networking, um, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> man and also i apologize for my voice uh kind of going over this cough thing or whatever this bourbon is certainly helping uh, what were you drinking again? That Basil Hayden's. Yeah, So, am Smoke. Basil what's... Hayden's
1: subtle smoke. Um, subtle it's a limited smoke. Limited edition bottle. I think you can only pick it up around the Kentucky area. If I'm not what? mistaken. Um, so my girlfriend is from wow. Kentucky, so I get to go down there every so often. I'm a lucky guy. I get to pick yeah, up some no, bourbon was from a bourbon collection. So but it's very good.
0: Wow, it's got like a nice little believe...
1: subtle smoky aftertaste. I was gonna there say because you, you
0: mentioned it was smoky, and I'm like, man, a smoky bourbon is like. Because I like smoky scotches. So, like, smoky bourbons, that's got to be another level. You know, just like oh, that, yeah. that under – yeah, it's got to be fantastic. I mean, it,
1: it, so, it, it really, you know, tastes like got off the coals of a grill outside.
0: Just, you know, oh, my it God. really is
1: that smoky. But I, I prefer it that way. I like it like that. that sounds, it's a little different. It's not my go-to everyday bourbon, but, like, it's it's something to well, switch it, it up a little
0: bit. I mean, $80 a bottle. I mean, I feel like an everyday bourbon is, is a little excessive, but, I mean, <laughs> hey, if you, you know, if you got them, drink them. But real quick, I just want to give a quick shout out to our own social media page. It's at Droconomical, DRU-N That's us on the metaverse. So that's I guess the under the umbrella of that is Facebook, Instagram, uh, and then that's also us on Twitter. DR-U-N-K You can also find Luke on Twitter as well. What's your handle Ian? It's uh, at
1: Lloyd Boy Luke. Yeah. So a little different. But I'll tell you what, I've been paying attention to your followers. You've got you've got a lot of content, dude. I crack myself up every single day watching this stuff, man. You got some right. good stuff, but like the, right. th- the, the thing is though, you make it interesting in a way people can understand it, but they also enjoy it because you put it in a kind of different perspective and a different way than a lot of people.
0: Like a, like a drunken right?
1: sailor kind of Like deal. a drunken sailor. Like, like drunken You're always drinking bourbon every single day, every all yeah. day, every day.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, cause I mean, we're in that cycle now. I mean, it's June one. This is crazy. I can't believe it's June already in the year of our Lord, 2022, but I mean, it's QT day one. Y'all so. thanks for, I, I appreciate
1: what that, man. Crew. Thanks
0: for calling me a cutie. I really do. I Dude, it. you're such a cutie, man. Hey, that's <laughs> why you, you think Fox Business has you on because you're smart. No man, it's because oh, you're a well. QT, dude. Well, I'll tell you what. Back in the
1: day when we were interns
0: together at CNBC, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I,
1: I wasn't a cutie when I was 300 pounds. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> hey man, but by the end of that summer, dude, you were because you because
1: you, you kicked my no, ass. No, uh,
0: hey, you me way too. That was you. You got up at six in the morning. You showed up early and you put in the work. Oh, you man, showed you up hold. with me
1: and pushed me. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, quick story to the viewers. I was 300 pounds and halfway through oh, geez, our man. internship together in New York City, me and Aaron. Um, I texted Aaron. I think it was like a Saturday probably in like July. I'm like, Aaron, like I got really fat and I didn't realize it till now. I need you to kick me in the ass. We're going to the gym Monday morning, like push me as hard as you can. And then like a month and a wow. half went by and I went from like 300 to like 240, in like a month and a half because we were waking up every day, Monday through Friday, working out.
0: Yeah. Like 6am. Well, all I do is just like, Luke, come on, man, you're strong. You're stronger than you think you are. And I'm just trying to help you get to, I'm just trying to help you lift that that threshold of you being stronger than you think you are. Those were good times, though. They were good times. Oh, man, that was, I mean, it was a fun, it was a very fun internship. Great experience. Got to meet so many cool people, yourself being one of them, being the coolest one that I met. You put me on such a high pedestal. Yeah, man. Stop it, man. Seriously. Because if it wasn't, like you said, if
1: it wasn't for this guy, Aaron, your, your host here, um, I don't think I'd be you know even close to where I'm at today. It was a big influence yeah, right. in a lot, a lot of ways. So yeah, fine. You're, uh, you're smart. Uh, all yourself, know so. Aaron's a fun dude. He's well. That's what I was about to say. Aaron Aaron's not only a you're not only a fun dude. Or a smart dude, you're also a fun dude because, Uh-oh. like, you yeah, know, that's, that's what makes these these interesting. That's why I'm very was very <laughs> happy to come on here because I know I can have fun, drink some bourbon. Heck, I might even throw in a cigar mm-hmm. here soon, and uh, we can talk dude. some economics and dude. finance.
0: So that's what I'm about. Smoke me if you got it, man. But speaking Sorry. of which, dude, I don't know. Every time you go on Fox Business, man, you always drop some real hard truth bombs. Something it's you know I love your perspective. So I just kind of want to hear your perspective on this nine trillion dollar balance sheet. We knew it was going to be a problem. It was a looming problem for the last two years. Now it's looking at us directly in the face, you know, especially after the fact that we just had a quarter of negative GDP growth. So I just kind of want to hear your th- your general thoughts on, you know, this quantitative tightening, the QT. The fact that it's starting now, what, what do you, well, what's on your forecast? My concern
1: is that the stock market, the S&P is already down 20% and the, uh, yeah. uh, NASDAQ was already down 30%. And we didn't even start tightening yet. Like we we just started, we hiked, what, 50 basis points or we're up to 75 basis points right now? Yeah, we did
0: 25 and then a 50. Yeah, we're we're up
1: to 75 basis points right now. We barely even hiked rates. We we just started today offloading the balance sheet and we dropped with the perception of us doing that, right? So what happens when you don't have a buyer anymore, the biggest buyer in the market, the Federal Reserve, buying up stuff? Instead, they're offloading their balance sheet and selling stuff. That's yeah. that's my biggest concern. I mean, there's definitely you know going to be issues there because unless there's a strong
0: economy to
1: support the well, Fed
0: offloading their balance sheet, we're going to see more damage and more pain. Well, so, I mean, you said a lot of things there that I want to react to. But one, my concern is off of the last thing you said, I don't think the economy is as strong as it was six months ago with inflation the way it is. And, I mean, retail sentiment, confidence, investor sentiment, confidence, I mean, all that is getting crushed. Yep. So just based off of your predictions, do you think Q2 2022, is there going to be positive GDP growth in your opinion? So
1: I think that's it's a good question, but I also think that might be the wrong question that everybody's asking. You know, okay. everyone's wondering, Fair okay, enough. are we in a recession Uh, Are we going to see a positive or a negative quarter GDP growth? I mean, from a technical side of things, two negative quarters of consecutive GDP, like negative growth is a recession. The classic. It's the classic definition. But what does it tell you? Right. What does that really tell you about the underlying economy, about the stock market? It really doesn't tell you much. Right. Yeah. So I think it's possible. I mean, I think the streets got it at less than a 20 percent chance that we're going to see a negative quarter. But what, yeah. what if we see like a point zero two percent chance or point zero two you know, percent yeah. growth? Well, I mean, that's to me, that's well, the same uh, as
0: basically a negative quarter. I agree with you. Expectations, I think, now are at about what, one point eight yeah, they're high. They're pretty high. Yeah, 1.8% quarter over quarter. I mean, that's not usually not that great, uh, especially if it's like a good economy. But, you know, yeah. I still think it's super high based off of what we just saw. You know, I mean, we, we missed expectations by like 2% last quarter. See,
1: from a technical so, definition, like a recession, cool. Like if you want to look at that and call it a recession, then, then be my guess. But right. really, like what it comes down to, when I think about a recession applying to the overall economy and the stock market, our jobs. As yeah. long as people have jobs, the economy and stock market will be fine. If we start to see an uptick in people losing jobs, losing discretionary income, that's yeah. where we're going to see a big issue. It, it, and my my biggest philosophy right now and thing I'm paying attention to, I think everybody should be paying attention to, uh-huh. um, is the credit card debt levels, like how quickly they're rising. I mean, that's right. that tells me that people are still spending money. But it's kind of artificial, right? Like this, this artificial, almost like an artificial consumer.
0: Yeah. So one of the other things I wanted to react to that you said earlier, and I want to react to this too. Gosh, dude, you say too many great things all at once. And it's just like, you know, it's tough to react to every single one as you say them. But one of the things you said earlier was uh, the markets are kind of reacting to QT already being developed now. First of all, the Fed, I mean, the only thing they can really buy is they, they can't buy equity, they can only buy debt, which okay. i still get, you know, it does bump up stock prices a little bit because it's like, okay, the debt is secured on that end. But the Fed announced this QT thing a while ago. They announced that they're scaling back and reducing their balance sheet a while ago. So you don't think that the markets would have priced it in already? You would think that if, you know, the stock market's very forward thinking.
1: But the markets are also very inefficient, and that's what makes a market right. If they worked yeah, perfectly fair, every fair, single sure way, there'd true. be no money to be made, right? Yeah. Um, so some of it, yeah, some of it's priced in. I mean, that's why we dropped twenty percent to thirty percent, right? The, the underlying economy is showing some signs of negativity, like like I mentioned, credit card debt rising. Um, yeah. people starting to get laid off, things like that. But you yeah. know, we haven't really seen too many horrible things in the economy yet. But what has happened is the market has discounted Horrible things to come, and a quantitative tightening cycle like we're seeing. So yeah. yeah, some of it's priced in, but I would say, man, if we start to see people lose jobs, not spend as much, there's the underlying economy is not going to be strong enough to hold up
0: income, all that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah. It's,
1: it's not. It won't be strong enough to hold up against this quantitative tightening cycle, and that that comes back to you know the stat that you know an average bear market in a recession, whether we get it now or six months down the road, maybe the beginning yeah. of next year. Year, the average drawdown on the S and P is like thirty two percent.
0: Thirty wow! I thought I was I thought it was like thirty five. I mean, it's, it's right, right around there, dude. It's 32 like to 35%. Yeah. Like, okay. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm just like a partial idea. I'm not a complete I missed it by 10%. So, I'm like, I just, you know. <laughs>
1: hey, man, I'll tell you but. what. We're not, we're not, uh, this, this industry is, is very range based, right? Because we, we yeah. use history. Oh, yeah. We use history to try to predict the future, but the history is not always perfect, especially in these times. These are unprecedented oh, yeah. times. We've never seen anything yeah, like ridiculous. this before. So, history is can only tell us so yeah. much,
0: man. And this QT cycle is just like the biggest, I mean, before COVID started, it was a $2 trillion balance sheet-ish, right? So like something so along those lines, I don't remember because it seems like a lifetime ago, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> but even then, like they were like, okay, this is ridiculous. $2 trillion is just unheard of. And it was like, if you look at the size of the balance sheet prior to COVID happening, it's like, okay, historically, this is just massive. And then now- It's nine trillion. So a seven trillion dollar reduction. That's a lot of
1: money. (laughs) I mean, people throw around trillions now, like even billions, like it's nothing. Like billions and trillions are are so large amounts of money that people just can't comprehend. But we throw it around like it's going down to the candy store, like with your little kid and buy yeah. them whatever you want like it's, but it's that's arbitrary. the problem is it's
0: arbitrary it's, yeah. it's kind of like the, the credit card debt that you're talking about it's arbitrary it's just no one cares until you know, the
1: rooster ha- comes home to roost whatever the saying is right until <laughs> yeah until the it's time the to pay Wolf. the Piper yeah. you know what, what's, yeah, what's, yeah, what's the what's the Silicon Valley uh, you know series so, oh, you know, Pied Piper the, the, whatever it is yeah,
0: like, the, uh, forget what it is I, I haven't seen the show but it's like, it's like a great kind show. Of anyone,
1: anyone here listening that hasn't watched Silicon Valley the TV show definitely watch it it's pretty damn good
0: fitting cuz um, James loves the show. But
1: it, when it comes time to pay the piper, people will then start to care. They don't care until they rack up $25,000 yeah. $25, in credit card debt and then they're paying 20% on that. They paid $5,000 a year in interest and they're going to get out of that well, because average income is $50,000 a year or whatever it is. Like that. Yeah. Then
0: people will care. But so right? like I mean there's there's a lot of concerns here because one savings rates are low uh, the lowest it's been since uh like Liz I saw Liz Ann Saunders she wrote an article about how personal savings rates are the lowest it's been since 2008.
1: Yeah, Oof, and consumer confidence better. is down to those levels too since 08.
0: Oh yeah, consumer confidence and consumer sentiment, but spending so, is still at all time highs. I don't know, which, <laughs> which is, is crazy. But I think it's also because we're we're right in the middle of like the highest inflationary, the highest sustaining, not transitory but sustaining inflationary period that we've seen in a while so is is spending high, or is it just because well, people of are still
1: spending, even though inflation's high,
0: right? So people are still going traveling, they're still going
1: to the gas pump, they're still going out to eat. yeah, the thing is inflation in these issues we're seeing in the economy, you usually see the consumer react. Differently than they are right now. Usually when you see yeah. prices rise like this, people cut back. Yeah. Before the 1970s, 1980s, people had so, one car. They never ate out. They they yeah. didn't travel. They took one vacation a year. Now, with social media, and it, this comes back to psychology. Everything is based on psychology in today's
0: world. Yeah. Right? Everything is. This person's and living their best life, and I'm they not. They go on social you know, media.
1: They see other people spending money, going out, traveling. People post their best life. Everyone's like, I can do that. if they're doing it, I can do that. So now everyone's got two cars, not one. They go Uh, out to eat four four times a week instead of one time a week that people used to do. They're now taking three to four vacations a year instead of one. Well, the average income stays stays relatively the same since the 1970s, you know, inflation adjusted, right? So everyone's buying more things than the same amount of income, discretionary income. And that's why debt levels are rising very quickly. Eventually, that bubble bursts.
0: Yeah, well, I also think all that also contributes to inflationary cycles, such as this one. If everybody's buying that grill because they want to host a grill out because they want to live their best life, Hey, life's too short for me to not have this grill or whatever it is, or have this car, or put these rims on. It's like all right. I, I agree, man.
1: Yeah. I mean
0: Oh, is it refill time I, I, I oh, okay, okay. So yeah, you so, so
1: just so everyone knows, Aaron just saw me right. pour in my drink. I'm already one bourbon deep down. So now
0: here's number two.
1: But anyway, yeah. Um I I I agree, oh, man. What? Like, wait, wait,
0: this is, is only a second one? Oh man. Oh man, you gotta you gotta, gotta come on, up. dude.
1: But everyone's trying listen. Like, I'm all for it. I forgive you. You know, even being a wealth advisor and a financial advisor and helping high net worth people, helping. I've helped people all around the spectrum. Right. Yeah. I've helped people (laughs) that, you know, that have half a million dollars that, you know, spend a certain amount of money, but they're they're going to be completely fine all through retirement, never have to worry about anything because they don't spend too much. I've had clients come in worth $15 million that are barely going to make it by in retirement because they spend so much money, right? Every situation, everybody's mentality, everyone's psychology is different. But I would say the overall psychology over the past 20, 30 years has been kind of this YOLO mentality. Like you only live once, like why not just go spend you know, as much money as you can, yeah. try to own multiple properties. Like that's what why people got in trouble in oh eight oh nine. Yeah,
0: we definitely. didn't really
1: learn our lesson. No, like we
0: we haven't yeah. learned our lesson. And I don't know if that's the fault of the central bank and the treasury. I, as much as I would like to blame them, I do think the outcome would have been a lot worse without them. But I just think they kind of remove that layer of accountability. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? And, and I work I work with a lot of, um, you know, just recently I've been talking with a lot of other financial advisors. and And yeah. what I've been finding is they are running into similar kind of mentalities and similar issues with younger generations especially. The the amount of 30 to 40-year-olds that have, like, large amounts of money, more money than they ever had because of the past two years, they they were making more money than they ever had because, you know, some people in these sales positions were making four or five times the amount of money they're used to. Like, let's take being a loan officer. Let's take mortgages. Oh, yeah, the last two years. Yeah, it's crazy. Because the housing market was so damn hot and houses appreciated (laughs) so much. There are loan officers used to making maybe $100,000, $150,000 a year. that now we're pulling in 750000 Oh, yeah.
0: So yeah, I, know, I know a bunch of those people. What, happened yeah. th- what happens then? Well,
1: I, I know a couple of people that have increased their lifestyle. They bought a new house. They upgraded to like a million-dollar house from the $300,000 yeah. house. Um, they bought a new car. They took four or five vacations. Oh, what yeah. happens when the housing market comes down? What happens yeah. when the housing market? They, they're not making seven hundred fifty thousand anymore. They go back down to their hundred thousand dollars.
0: Well, yeah. then now they're locked in with their but new this, big house, the new car. Like that's the issue. All these car payments. You know, you got fifteen thousand dollars worth of house, car, all that kind of stuff. Payments, insurance on all those things. Maybe even more, actually. I don't even know. I, I don't, I've, never, I've never been wealthy, so I don't know. if People adjust their
1: lifestyle so quickly, right?
0: They get that big yeah. bonus check. They go out and spend it. They go
1: out and plan around it. Like, that's that's human psychology. That's human nature. But that's why, if you understand human nature, yeah. human psychology,
0: economics is just a social science. It's understanding it really how people is. react to certain situations. Yeah, it's just, it's just that it revolves around money. But speaking of the job market, like, it's one of those things where, like, right now... The job market, I guess, since the beginning of the year, the job market has really cooled down, but there's still more openings than applicants willing to fill them. But I don't know. Like I saw the most recent Joel's report and I don't really believe it because it did show a slowing economy. It did show fewer job openings, but I don't know. I think with the new wave of graduates, you know, of of college and high school graduates that just yeah, you know, just happened like a couple weeks it's, ago. There's like eleven point four million,
1: right? Available. I, I think goals. so. Let me take a look. Yeah, it's like eleven point four million, but but here here's my theory. But it but comes down to jobs. Smaller than it
0: normally is.
1: Here's my theory when it comes down to jobs: is that uh-huh. people have made more money than they ever have because a lot of people poached. They went down to this down the yeah. street to the competitors, poached off of their competitor, their best employees. Oh yeah, and then they paid them thirty five percent more money or something like
0: that, yeah. Right, and then they went back to their current, and a lot of them will go back. Like the current employers and say, Hey, I got an offer down the street at your competitor's place. They're paying me this 20% more to do the same exact yeah. job that I'm doing here. But,
1: but, but the question you need to ask yourself are those people 35% more productive? If the answer to that is no, then this is unsustainable. You, this can't last. Oh, that's
0: a really good point. Yeah. My
1: theory is that people coming out of college or even within five years out of college working, they're going to be fine. It's Mm going to be the people that have been working for 15 to 30 years that have senior positions that were making more money than they ever have. These people are going to get hit hard. Some people are going to be forced to retire. They're going to force into retirement. People are going to have a tough time. If if we see layoffs, who's the first people to go that are laid off? It's not the people who paid the least. It's usually the executives yeah. or the, the middle management, uh, someone that's or, been uh, tenured for twenty five years. Yeah, exactly. T- I was going to say so. Those are yeah. the first people to people go. That have been there right? forever. So people. Yeah. So when we go through a recessionary scenario, companies would rather hire cheap labor, which means younger labor. So people yeah. in their twenties and thirties are probably going to be fine. It's people in their forties and fifties oh. that's going to see the
0: brunt of this pain. So I am looking at the jobs report now. Uh, I, I couldn't see the number that like the job opening numbers, but it came in at eleven point four. Which is down from the eleven point five, eleven point five five from the previous month. Yeah, so that's for April, and I'm trying to see the number of employers available to fill those jobs. And I'm a, I'm going to guess that it's a lot less than eleven point four. Well, I think uh, it's like probably so. two and a half
1: million or something, three million. Oh, four some point f- four yes. million.
0: Was, okay, so there. Uh, well, that's that's the amount of people that left their jobs. Sorry, that's not the. Yeah, I mean, you're, so it's probably around oh, two. It's million. like three million. million yeah, it's like um, something but,
1: ridiculously small. Like yeah. Yeah. The, the thing is, in my opinion, over the next six months, you're going to see those even each other out. So eleven yeah. point four is I going to so come too. down to seven, and then three million is going to come up to seven. So it's, yeah. going, it's going to meet somewhere in the middle over the next six months.
0: I agree because I think what I'm seeing already is a lot of companies are laying off a lot of people. I mean, you see headline after headline after headline that a bunch of companies are laying off a bunch of people. A bunch of people are scaling back on hiring because I don't know. Is it? Is it? supply and demand for their specific sector? Is it, you know, are they bracing for some sort of, you know, with what Jamie Dimon says, a hurricane?
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's, all, it's all of the above. You know, I, I said it today wow. that we saw last month the lowest productivity rate ever, like in the history of the United States, basically. Wow. And this yes, also I comes know. back to the fact of Elon Musk saying today that you basically have to work a minimum of 40 hours in the office or you're fired. Like I'm not yeah. saying if you work from home, you're you're not productive That's that's not what I'm saying at all Because yeah. there's a lot of people that work from home that are productive Yeah, because I work from home, bro It's yeah. not that I am productive <laughs> right? but I'm You're saying. probably drinking the bourbon on the job No, I'm just uh, kidding oh, right?
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, I mean, between me and the fence post uh, right? I'm not now you're, I, I, oh, right, right when I hopped on here, you were jamming <laughs> on the guitar I, I, If I
1: were if I was working from home, dude I'd pick up my guitar and be working while jamming I on the did. guitar at the same time Yeah, hey, man, who doesn't thing. like
0: a little bit of rage against the machine when they're playing? What's the some Metallica, bro Oh, it was, it was oh, I love Metallica, man! AC/DC, Van Halen, Def Leppard, bro. Like, I'll, I'll jam wait, out to all. Oh, of yeah, because I remember you did all those. Like when we jammed together, you did all those Van Halen covers. Yeah, I mean, you, like you, you play a lot like Van Halen. Like you're, you, you're a stud, man. You're a stud. Are,
1: are no, you? No, are, no, are you? Van, are you Van Hagar or Van? Uh, I don't know. Are you Van um, uh, David Lee
0: Roth? Man. Because I like them both, you know what I mean. So it's really tough. It's tough,
1: but it's it's an Um, important question. It's probably going to judge or be based on our friendship. You know, depending on how you answer.
0: Okay, so all right, so I'm going to just kind of peep in here real lightly and just say I like David Lee Roth. All right, we can we can continue
1: to be friends. We're okay. Go. God.
0: okay. Uh, because 1984 was I I think that I think that was their best. I think that was their so, peak. so
1: Hagar was definitely a better um singer. There's no doubt about that. But David yeah. Roth, he was a better entertainer. He knew how to make the songs he, unique. And
0: that's what I he appreciate. He was a front man. He was a front man. Yep. And I love Sammy Hagar too. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of like A C D C. You know, I i the original singer was better. Yeah, bon Sc- bon I like Bon Scott, Scott better. Yep. But <laughs> Yeah, what were we talking about? Gosh, yeah, just, get, it, get, dude, I'll, I'll tell you what. music. Fine, I'm finance, go-
1: finance, music—it all goes together, man. I'll tell you what: yeah. when, when I'm when I'm going to the office and it's like a red day or something, something crazy going on that like economies, oh. all kinds of news. I put on some nice, soft, like classic rock. Yeah, I used to go to um, what's his name? I used to go to. Uh, Neil Young until he became political. That was my go-to no, classic. Neil Young. Until he got super political recently. Dude, a I a lot
0: of the people that I listen to, a lot of the musicians I listen to are super political now. And it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. I don't care. But make the music, thing, Talking about politics,
1: musicians, I'm not going to dig
0: too far deep. Yeah, but I what really. I will say is
1: politics is so prominent in all of our lives now, more than it's ever been. Yeah. The reason why you have to pay attention to it to some extent, because because it affects, it does yeah. affect finances, it does affect the economy. Is oh, if, absolutely. If we look back over the past two and a half years, all of the issues we are seeing is because both the federal government and the Federal Reserve yeah. have been so involved in our
0: economy. Well,
1: this is the thing. It's so
0: involved. This is my. This is just my opinion, and feel free to disagree with me, because like I do think you and I see eye to eye on a lot of things politically, but. I will say this about the Federal Reserve and the federal governments, to, you know, and their involvement in our economy is I feel like we're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. There's a certain political party that wants more involvement, more accountability from the, go- the federal government onto our financial banks. You know, there's, yeah. there's a political party that wants that, that wants more regulation, more all that, all that stuff. And there's the other side that says, let's just. Get, completely get out of it. But well, see, I would right? say both sides mm-hmm. are very involved. I, I understand that because I think what's happening is there's one side is seeing the other side pull the the White House towards one side, and then the other side will say, "All right, no, no, no." Like you know, like the Democrats will say, "Hey, come more over here," and then the Republicans will say, "No, no, no, no come over here." Right. I think the big thing is the government is caught in between a rock and a hard place, right? But I think the reason why, like, look at health care, for instance. You know, do we have too much or do we have not enough involvement from the from the federal government? And then we have lobbyists on both sides trying to pull the, the government, you know, the, the Senate, the, whatever it is, in one of their directions. And I think because the government just can't make up their mind, right. I think that's the reason why we have what we have. That's the reason why healthcare is so expensive in the U.S. Not to mention, like, we also have the best doctors in the world and all but, kinds but, of stuff. But, here's but. my
1: problem. Is, if you look back in history, before, I'd say, the 1930s or so, both the federal government and the Federal Reserve weren't that involved in the economic policy and the economics behind you know, regulating interest rates, yeah. uh, pumping liquidity in the markets, taking well, liquidity I mean, out, social programs. When was the
0: Federal Reserve established? In what, like 1917? We were still on the gold yeah. standard for, for f- and, and 70, then, and then 60, 70 social years? Social
1: Security was created like, in the 40s, I believe. Like the early,
0: that's when Social Security was created. Do, do you know what Social Security is now? A big Ponzi scheme. It's a it's a Ponzi scheme, but it's also it's basically a pile of money that the federal government can use to borrow if they lemarch. if they have a shortfall in a, in a yeah, different lemarch. department. So if, if they need more military spending, they borrow from Social Security and they've always that's what to me that's what social security is so I'm like why don't I just why don't I just create a different thing you're you're exactly right
1: with that and and then all throughout the the 70s and 80s with the hyperinflation the Federal Reserve got got involved with you know hiking hiking interest rates and they got involved with food stamps welfare they got involved in the tech bubble they got involved in 0809 oh yeah and then you saw COVID the shutdowns you saw them pump seven trillion dollars like you know on the balance
0: sheet like I'm just
1: saying like even prior prior to COVID
0: with the ev stuff too but yeah sorry so the bubble got no, bigger no, dude, dude you're good <laughs> don't ever say sorry
1: like you dude you're hitting on some good points it just it's getting me but i'm pretty fired up dude like i, I just, great. i just we are so involved the government is so big that yeah. we we're too far deep once you give yeah. somebody sugar you can't take the sugar away because everybody expects more sugar and that's the environment we are in Right now, absolutely. That's why people are wanting UBI, Universal Basic Income. They're well, wanting yeah. Biden to step, you know, in here get, get the gas prices
0: down as quick as possible. They, they think the federal government okay. should be involved in everything. Have you seen? Okay, so first of all, Biden said today, oil, he can't lower oil prices anymore. Which I'm like, okay, the fact that you were able to lower oil prices to begin yeah. with, the fact that you can just control oil like that. The government can, which is horrible. Why flooding? Why not let the it's free terrible. markets work? Why?
1: Why? Why can't they
0: let the 100%, 100%. free markets work properly? 100%. If they would have shut Absolutely. down the pipeline in the first place
1: in America and let capitalism work its way, work its magic, we'd have probably dollar fifty oil price,
0: or gasoline prices right now. Well, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a stretch, but I, I hear I hear exactly what you're saying with transportation of oil. <laughs> you had too much <laughs> bourbon, guys. Yes, yeah, sorry. With transportation <laughs> of oil being a lot cheaper, I get it. One fifty though, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm throwing out I mean, number man. I'm throwing I know, out like, no. really, really I know, the basis. I know, I know, I know. The basis
1: of the issues all stem from the sh- well, It stems from the federal government and federal Reserve getting bigger. But absolutely, um, looks like you're out of bourbon, buddy. Looks like you're out I of drink bourbon. That much,
0: oh man, <laughs> this, dude. We need to. That's my Together in person again soon, man. I'm on number three this right now.
1: I just ordered myself. another You're number too.
0: three. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying this is number four. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll catch up by the end of this. Yeah, shots, shots. <laughs> it's only shots? A Wednesday night. If it's Thursday, no? Thursday, maybe. oh Okay, I got a long day tomorrow, bro. Oh shoot. Well, one of these days we're gonna get together. And we're gonna take some shots. But um, like if you ask anybody in the world, do you trust the government? What do you think the answer is going to be? That's
1: that's a good one. I I I think a lot of people trust it more than they should. It'd no. be a minority for sure. But well, I would say upwards probably of thirty percent of the
0: population would say they trust the government. So I'm gonna say this. So a lot of a lot of right wingers do not trust the government and a lot of left wingers they'll listen to the song by Pink Floyd called Mother. There's a song called Mother it's a by great Pink song. Floyd. It's off of the best album that's ever been made. This is the best album, in my opinion. I'm probably best. I, I meditate a night to Pink Floyd sometimes, and I might do that tonight. Okay, dude. So. Uh, the Wall is the best album that's ever been made. I've listened to that album from track one to track thirty-five or whatever it is, all the way through, so many times. But there's a lyric off of the Mother, and Roger Waters goes. Mother, should I trust the government? Everyone does yeah. that live in front of a very politically mixed crowd. Everybody goes, no, no, yeah. right? You're,
1: you're exactly right, man.
0: I, I think people are fed up. There, there's a lot of people that are fed
1: up. I would say there's more trust. I think in the system still than there should. I agree. Just from my observation, I yeah, mean, and this
0: is the thing is like I, I think you know people are dependent on the Federal Reserve to curb inflation. People are too dependent on the administration to lower gas prices. And I like, have you looked at the, S- the strategic petroleum reserve, yeah. the SPR recently? So so real quick, I mean, I'm going
1: gonna, I'm gonna, to, I thought about this a lot recently. I'm, I'm going to yeah. make like a, an assumption. And I don't know if it's necessarily the perfect assumption and not the perfect uh, way to say this. But yeah. what I will say is what I've noticed is a lot of people I talk to, I have a bunch of buddies on the opposite side of the aisle of myself. And, uh-huh. One of the biggest things that I've noticed is with with that side of the aisle, they think that everything needs to be this perfect utopia all the time. And I think that's the same way our federal government and Federal Reserve from really both sides of the aisle try to approach things. Like they try to promise that every issue is going to be fixed. Naturally, it's okay to not be perfect. The world is never going to be a perfect place. We have over the past two years and really ever since the government's gotten bigger over the past century – We've tried to patch every yeah. single bruise that we've had with a Band-Aid. Patching a bruise with a Band-Aid doesn't work. You patch yeah. a, a cut with a Band-Aid, right? That's what we've done yeah. as a society. We try to fix all these issues that don't need necessarily fixed. And by trying to fix them, yeah. we
0: actually make things worse down the road. Well, we create other issues by doing that. Because the creation of the Federal Reserve, for one, we thought that was going to fix a lot of things. Remember? Yeah. Like, did we not? You know And then on top of that, now we have this dependence on them, where, okay, money supply is too high. Hey guys, you guys are in charge of taking, taking away money supply, so do it, right? And here we are. June 1st, 2022. QT, Q, QT, 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 You're you. QT, That's you. That's you. <laughs> QT, Let's do it. And, you know. I, I don't like that we can just expand our balance sheet by seven trillion dollars. You, you, you know, if, if, Neil says, if Neil says
1: like, Neil says to me tomorrow something about QT, I'm going to say the same thing I said to you. Now, oh, thanks, Neil. Thanks for calling me QT. Yeah, thanks, Neil. It.
0: Thanks. You should. That's exactly, <laughs> you should That's exactly what you should do. That's exactly what you should do. I mean, just make sure you don't mess it up when he says quantitative tightening you don't confuse that yeah <laughs> if you say, did, oh, I mean, so...
1: everyone's gonna be
0: like what uh, what, what that's gonna Dude, i hope i hope neil cavuto does that i hope he calls well, you that, last says, time i was
1: on last week he's like yeah luke this young guy he's super hip he's super cool I'm like, oh yeah i saw that i saw I'm that like, whole segment don't yeah. you worry know, i'm like i really appreciate like, like, i get like i it means so much man like for me like coming from him it really does i'm watching my Neil new cavuto i mean Neil but- cavuto
0: is a Gee, I've right. I've watched this I've I'm watched, just, watched it for ten saying, years. Right. I've watched it for like twenty
1: five years. Yeah, like ever since yeah, I it, like one it's, it's, like years old, dude. I've been watching it, that guy. But yeah. I'm like, hey, it means a lot and I appreciate it. But I'm like, Neil, you're pumping me up too much, bro. Like I really appreciate <laughs> it. Bro.
0: That's crazy, man. But I don't know, like what are your projections going forward? I mean, do you think do you think there is gonna be a thirty percent drawdown from the highs? I think or, I think we're gonna not? retest
1: I think we're gonna retest the lows.
0: When you say the when you say the lows, what do you mean? Do you mean so like the lows I, so from I, a couple months from like about a couple weeks? I'm ago thinking or?
1: so okay. I'm a big
0: nerd, nice. obviously. You love technical so. analysis, right? I do. Yeah, because that's uh, one I, thing. Have so you I've, learned anything from our internship? I've learned Fibonacci's, so I, I've learned that, but man. That's what it is. That's what I was about to say. Okay. Fibonacci. Okay, so. so if you, what percentile? If you,
1: if you apply like a. 50% retracement or 61.8% retracement. 60.
0: Wow. 61.8. Ooh, you apply that wow. to,
1: uh, or it's not going to be all the way down. So what I mean is really like, uh, maybe, a, a, maybe, 30, maybe, but maybe there's a support level there. Maybe. Right, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So once you apply those ratios, the golden ratio to that from the bottom <laughs> to the top of the run, the, gold,
0: the golden the, ratio.
1: The, the, yeah, exactly. The golden ratio is from <laughs> the bottom of 2020 to the top of 2022. Or twenty twenty one. When you apply it to the bottom of the top, you're looking closer to thirty seven to thirty eight hundred on the S and P. We touched
0: Thirty eight hundred. Okay, so I, I don't know. I don't know if you know this or not, but the starter for Dragonal is ahead of you, James. We him and I have a bet going that in about a month, uh, the S and P will be above or below forty four hundred. And I'm losing that bet. You're, you're fucked. <laughs> so I, just, I, I mean, I don't think I'm going to win it anymore. I'll be dead. I, I've set that money aside in my bank. And I said, okay, this is to buy James a bottle. Um, yeah, I don't think the S&P is going to go up 300 points.
1: I think it will go soon. down 300 so points.
0: I think it will too. And to be honest with you, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, and this is not financial advice by any means, but I do think... I think at the end of the day, we'll draw down to about 30, at least 32% just because this is the biggest QT cycle we've ever seen.
1: You're right. The other factor on the other side, though, you always have to keep in mind is all the money you reprinted. There's still you know, $6 trillion more out there than there was a couple of years ago.
0: Right. I mean, right. it's 40, like, because what, what happened in during COVID, forty percent of the money supply was printed.
1: Yep, right? but uh, the, so. the, that money it takes a long time to cycle through the economy.
0: It's called M two, right? The M two money supply. The M two money supply, but but that's good. Thing. But that goes to the savings rates. That goes because the M two is savings rates. But somebody somebody gets that money though, right? Of know? course, yeah. Every and time, that, and that's yeah. why
1: naturally, when you pump that much money in the economy, you deal with what we're doing, dealing with now: the inflation, all that stuff. But somebody still has that money. It's like basically what happens is that money gets pulled forward, right? That growth gets pulled forward. We saw that growth get pulled forward. That's why we bounced 100% from the lows, from the pandemic lows. And now we're paying for it. It's going to be a couple of years of probably sideways movement. Like we're probably not going to get back to all time highs until another couple of years down. the
0: I agree. I mean, I I don't know if it'll take a couple of years to get to wait. I mean, I don't know what all time highs uh-huh. were. Was it forty eight? 48, yeah, it's about thirty percent higher. For, it's
1: about twenty five to twenty five percent, twenty to twenty five percent higher. For.
0: Yeah, I mean, it might, it might take a couple of years, but like, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like what I don't know if you know who Josh Brown is. Downtown, Josh team, Brown. Yeah. I love. He he is so funny in my opinion. I love Josh Brown. Not even that I agree with a lot of what he says, but it's just he's so funny. Yep. If he was a stand up comic, I would pay a lot of money to go see him. Yeah, but he was like. If you buy into the markets now, like do yourself a favor and forget the password to your brokerage account. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, when you said that, I was like, "That's so true because I do feel like five years from now, is the market going to be better than it is now? I think so. Probably. I think, I, think five, uh, I, I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. To me, I think it's a statement of fact. I think- The problem is, is that, everybody is short-term sighted. I agree. And if I had to make a bet with James again, okay, is the market going to be above or below 5,000 five years from now? I'll take that bet any day of the week. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do above five thousand. I'll take right? that bet right now with you. So, I'll take
1: it five years down the road. I, I think we'll be. I'll even do. Let's do six thousand. I'll, I'll be. I'll be going on air right now. No, no, no,
0: because no, 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 because I, I want to be above. I want to be above five thousand, or I want to be above six thousand. I do too. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if James will will be on the bearish side of that. I mean, the six thousand, maybe, but the five thousand. There's no way James would be like, no, the S&P the will not be. The other thing you
1: want to think about is we aren't a single economy. We're a global economy. Well, like, but, it's that's, not just, but, it's but not that's just getting diminished. That's,
0: that, but that's getting threatened.
1: It is. But I'm saying what you're seeing is people are leaving investments from Europe, from China, from all these other areas around the world. And they're coming yeah. to the U.S. to invest. What happens when you, when you come to a certain area and invest money? Valuations what,
0: rise. So – this is the thing is, one of my very close friends here in the DFW area in Dallas-Fort Worth is a prominent real estate guy. He's the founder and CEO of, one of, the, one, of the, one of the biggest commercial real estate companies. I don't want to give out too much information on him. He's got a bunch of PhDs and all that kind of stuff. And I asked him, like, okay, do you think the real estate market will crash? And his only answer was, it depends on where you are. Do yeah. I think it will crash in DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth? No. But I also think in a lot of places in the U.S., there's going to be a lot of foreign investments. So I don't think real estate markets are going to crash necessarily in the U.S. Will they come down a little bit? Maybe. We'll see. But will they crash, crash? No. Just because there's going to be too much foreign investment. That's, that's a great sad. point,
1: and I'll tell you what: the housing market and the real estate market is a whole different story. I agree because it's because idea. demand's going to lessen naturally because their interest rates rising. But the other thing yeah. people don't account for is that there's no supply. Most places yeah. you have the Black Rocks, the Black Stones. You have uh, yeah, investors they're, 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 like they... yeah, individual investors like me and you. They're just buying up real estate properties to rent out. There's no supply out there.
0: Yeah, well, BlackRock owns everything. Like They pretty much own everything in real estate now. And yeah, like, but who wants to buy real estate? Like, would you want to buy a house to rent out to people right now? No, but no I
1: think about renting out my current house and buying another home. Yes, <laughs> because I, so because right. the reason I say so. that I'll be like I'll be straight up. I bought my house a year from like basically two months ago. So a year and two months ago. So like it's, I locked in my interest rate at two and a half percent on a thirty-year rate. That's free money. Not bad. Yeah. I'm never selling. I am never selling this house. If I ever leave yeah. this house and buy another house, I'm running this house out.
0: Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, just to tie a bow in this conversation, I mean, what do you think about the just general consensus on the economy? Because you're All much right. smarter than me. If I had to so- sum it up
1: in easy terms, and everything we kind of talked about leads to kind of my beliefs, right? But I guess mm-hmm. if I just sum it up, we've got a couple of years of pain. But this is overdue pain. Like we, we did so much over the past couple of years that I'd rather us go through pain right now yeah. rather than try to patch it up with another bandaid over a bruise that makes things worse. Maybe five years down the road. I'd rather go through this two year period maybe where we see people lose jobs. I'm not saying that the entire economy is going to shit. I'm not saying that I'm saying people are going to lose jobs. Yeah. We're going to see the stock market probably retest the lows. Maybe go even go lower. Maybe down at thirty seven, thirty six hundred dollars, thirty six hundred on the S and P. We're going to see that pain. Wow, We're going to see four hundred one ks reduce. But I'd rather go through that now funds, over the yeah. next couple of years to get back to growth mode about two years down the road. So stop. What? If I if I could talk to every politician out there. And all the Federal Reserve members, including Powell and all them guys that got it wrong, because I've been saying it for myself for a year and a half, that inflation is not transitory. If I could talk to all those guys, I'd be like, give us the pain right now, hike interest rates, hike us into a recession. Do it. Go. That way we get peel off the band make it hurt a little bit right now, we'll get back to growth in a couple of years down the
0: road. Yeah. That's what i My say. problem... First of all, they won't do it because of stability. Because of politics. Because of politics. Because Pal
1: himself, there's a reason. Why do you think? Real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt this. No, no. Why go, do you? Why, why, do you think, why do you think? Why do you think Pal waited? To get more hawkish until after he was re-elected by Biden. It was two
0: weeks later. Well, what about, two weeks. What about what about Janet Yellen? What about yeah, Janet Yellen? Today she said that Same. oh I was wrong about inflation. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> yeah. whoa, whoa. Where did this come from? This there's come always from? there's
1: always something biased in people's yeah. views. That's why when people go on TV. So that's one thing. As you introduced me earlier. One thing I told myself from the beginning is that I wanted to be real. I wanted to just tell it how it is. No bullshit. Mm-hmm. Even when people go on TV, they have an agenda. Like a lot of these, a lot of these people have agendas. Yeah. Like I try to keep it real, have no bullshit. I yeah, tell no, them how it is, dude. I don't care who I offend. who percent 100%, I, I 100%. Pissed,
0: pissed off. No, you, you've always been super yeah. real. And that's what I've always appreciated about you.
1: And I, I, like, and I appreciate that because, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I work my ass off to try to be yeah. as accurate as I can. I, I'm, not, I'm not always perfect. I'm not always right. But, you know, I try to be real. I I try to, I I am always real. But
0: I, I value your opinion immensely just because of how real you are. And you say, okay, look, I've done this study. This is exactly where I think this stock is going. And I hear you. Like, people have been saying the Federal Reserve has lost credibility. And me, like, and I feel like you're on this camp with me. But me, myself, like, I've sat here and I've said, okay, the Federal Reserve cannot lose credibility unless... I gave them their credibility to begin with,
1: right. and if
0: they said since April of last year, of April of 2021, that inflation is transitory, I said it was permanent. I said no way, we need to raise rates now. I said that back in April last year, yeah. and and James will attest to that. Like James was there. Like I said, no way. And it's not like they have more data than we than we, you and I have. Like we have the same access to data.
1: Here, here's the problem: is that we are born into a system, and we are taught to believe in that system. Like we were, we talked about during this whole. Yeah, we we are taught to believe that the people in power know what they're doing, but in reality, what people need to understand. Is that everyone's just a human being. Most exactly. likely just like themselves. And they make mistakes. The, the president doesn't necessarily make every decision the right way. No the way. Congress doesn't make every decision the right way. Federal Reserve, PAL, no they don't make every decision. They're, they're human. They make mistakes. God no. But yeah. that, that's the problem, is we we are taught from a young age to believe in the system that the people in power know what's going on. They always are right. And that's just not the case. And I think that's what a lot of people are realizing.
0: Right, exactly. You know, when it comes to making investment choices, you know, I personally, like, I don't see an end in sight to oil not reaching all time highs. I don't see an end in sight. Personally, I'm not a financial advisor, so I don't want anybody to take that advice. But, you know, real quick. What do you see with energy prices? I think
1: oil is going higher, but that being said, I agree. I, I don't know necessarily if it's going to reach like you know all, all time highs. I don't know where it's necessarily uh, going yeah, to land. But I mean. But what what, what I mean is, is, I think oil is going higher in the short term at least. But what I will say is, if you not if you're not in the game now, like for example, like energy is like a four percent weight in the S and P, such a small <laughs> <just> a little <laughs> piece of the pie. Right. Yeah, so a lot yeah, of people didn't is. own a lot of energy, if at all. A lot of people own zero energy, essentially, because there's such a small weighting,
0: right? Well, and it, and it got smaller with COVID. Right. So, yeah. so it, what I will say, and
1: as a as a financial advisor, even saying this to people out there, like, this isn't financial advice because I don't know your individual situation. Like, I need to understand all right. the different moving parts yeah. and pieces to give any kind of recommendation. 100%. But, but yeah. that being said, what I will say is if you're not in already right now in the oil game, you, you've you missed a huge run up. Like you've missed a big part of it, right?
0: So the risk you is missed, a lot higher now. You've missed 80% of it, I would so say. So we, we
1: personally just picked up, uh it's a stock called CCJ. It's a, oh, yeah, it's a nuclear yeah. energy company. A, uh, yeah, Cameco. Cameco so yeah. they produce uranium. Yeah. It's, it's more based on the nuclear energy side of things. And the thing that's not talked about often, because you, all you hear is green energy being solar, you know, uh, hydro powered with water, all this different stuff. Yeah, Nuclear energy is actually the cleanest energy out there and it's the most efficient. I agree. So I, I, agree. I think it's yeah. getting a lot more political drive. It's getting a lot more things like that. So we're we we we're actually focusing more on the nuclear space right now because we sold off actually some of our oil stocks about a week ago.
0: Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, a week ago was a good time to solve oil stocks. But if you must know, and this is not financial advice, I'm just a degenerate gambler. I did recently buy some energy transfer calls, ET, they expire way out in August, but I sold some shorts to kind of do a calendar spread against them. So, I mean, more of that, di- not, not calendar. So,
1: you're
0: you, you an options so. guy now, so from what dude, heard, i heard, right? I, I'm an options guy now, dude. Are you doing straddles? Con- are you doing no, iron I, condors and stuff like that? I, I've done some iron condors. Straddles, to me, are too expensive. Shadows yeah. are too expensive. Strangles are a little bit less expensive, but I just you know like I need the stock to move. Yeah, and no, I feel it, like every so time it, I, in my PA, every time it, I've done a strangle, the stock never moved, and I'm just like, what? Why yeah. now? Right? Like you have a historical IV of three hundred percent, and then now you don't move or whatever. You know, for <laughs> so. those out
1: there that don't know options, learn options. Options can change your life, options but don't don't really do not do not do not do what. Robinhood Hood like, these meme these memes no, no, no do. No, don't, don't, no. don't YOLO naked calls. Don't YOLO naked puts. No, no. Understand the
0: Greeks. Understand the Greeks. Please understand the Greeks. If you trade options, understand the Greeks. Know what Delta means. Know what Theta means. Know what theta burn. Get, I, theta burn, man. Theta, dude, this is Theta burn. This dude, this I, I, I'm bourbon. Almost, I'm almost this, out of my
1: bourbon, dude.
0: That, see, that is also Theta burn, too. You see what I mean? That's Theta burn, <laughs> man. Dude, so... Theta decay, understand theta decay, gamma. If you, if you see a position with positive delta, negative gamma, what does that mean, right? You got you, you to gotta know what that means. Dude, we're, we're, so, we're, we're,
1: we're freaking nerds, bro. I know. How do we become you know, nerds?
0: A, dude, I don't know. I, I think I, after a couple of these and a couple of cigars with you- I think that's how it became nerds. Can, can, can you tell but, our viewers
1: r- real quick um, Macanudo Club story? Um, Club McAnuda? Cl- Club,
0: Mac, Club Mac in New York City. So this is the Macanudo Club. So so, so
1: what I remember about Club McAnuda is me and Aaron, we were interns walking into yeah. this place. And we, <laughs> me and him probably had like $150, $200 suits from Macy's or something like that. Like, Yeah, no. We, I, we, I, our, I, we thought our suits <laughs> looked good. Aaron's suit looks a lot better than mine. No, no, but- shut
0: up. No, shut up. No, that's <laughs> not true. That's not true. We, I, bought, I, I had a silver suit and... We walk yeah. in there, though, and we just... We walk in there... As interns,
1: you know, we yeah. were just starting out. We were like 21 years old. We uh, oh, yeah. we, we didn't belong whatsoever. <laughs> we walk in there. We, no, almost, this we, is... we almost got rejected, but I think the guy felt sorry for us. Yeah, so he, he was, did. He, I mean,
0: he was... Yeah, it was one of those things where like, you walk in, if you don't have a jacket on, if you don't have a suit jacket on, they're going to kick you out. Well, you, yeah. you got there before I did because I didn't know how the subway system worked because I just that, that's, that's how much New York annoyed me. So I get there way after you. You were already in... And like they barely let me in. And then eventually it and was like we got a free, we got a $22. We got a free dessert out
1: of it too. Right? We
0: did because I, I ended up knowing, I, or I had a mutual friend with the owner of the place from Nebraska, of all places. But basically, um, it was one of those places where like the well cocktail was like 25 bucks. For like the cheapest old fashioned remember that it was one one drink and one cigar for like a hundred bucks each. Dude, I know exactly. It was like okay, and it was like the cheapest cigar and the cheapest Manhattan that we could possibly order. Cause that was my thing. That was our that was our thing. It was we, we we drank Manhattan's. And I still do, and in
1: honor of you, man. It, you got me hooked on it, these it, things.
0: Manhattans are the best it's it, okay. Rusty nails are the best cocktail, but it's tied with Manhattans. Those two drinks. The best cocktails. Well, ever. Let's, end on, let's, so,
1: let's end on that because cheers yeah, to that, dude! Cheers absolutely. to Drunkenomics, Manhattans, Bourbon, Basil Aiden, Arab Absolutely, Drunkenomics. Yeah. Ro- you know, real
0: dude. quick, I just gotta say, you know, as we as we wrap up, uh, if you want to find our merch, uh, go to Drunkenomics. Myspreadshop. Patreon. P a t r i o n. C o m slash Drunkenomics. That's where you can help us keep the lights on, the cabinet stocked, ice cubes cold. I don't know what else. And last but not least, look. I love you, man. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: I love you, bro. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Cheers, man. Anytime, dude. Just let me know.
0: You got it, man. And the only thing I got to ask from you is uh, hope for the rest of this week, I hope that you... uh...
1: Dude, of course. Stay in bro. (laughs) My man, dude. Cheers. I'll see you on Kabuto tomorrow. Thanks, bro.